I am imperfectly perfect tweet, an expert on nothing with an opinion on all things. Don't box me into your ideas of what you think I should be. We will discuss all things in random fashion. Good morning, happy Saturday. This is Imperfectly Perfect Tweet, an expert on nothing with an opinion of all things. It is Saturday, and I am not tired today. I am not laying around, I am not exhausted, and I am proud of myself. The reason I am not tired and exhausted is because I had a day off on Friday. Today, I want to talk about life crises. Um, the reason I'll term it as a life crisis and not like a mid-life crisis is because in, from my experience, and I am not an expert, but I have experienced life crises more than once in my life. And the very first time that... I can recall experiencing um, a life crisis was in 2010 or 2011, but I really, truly believe it was in 2011, and it was an ordinary day for me. I, um, I took my sons to school. It was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I was going to go down to um, um, our downtown area to apply for jobs. And as I was walking, um, I I drove my car and I parked um, under the train station. And when I got, I was walking, I realized I did not have my cell phone and I felt a little worried a little uneasy like oh my god what if my sons call me from school and I don't have my cell phone now for me this was the first time that I had worried about traveling without my cell phone because then we had the option of having house phones we have the same options right now today but Um, It wasn't as prevalent um, to take your cell phone everywhere. Not then. Well, at least not for me. And I sort of freaked out a little bit mentally. But I continued. I went up the train. I paid. um, I got, I stood on the platform. I got on the train when the train arrived. And all of a sudden, I freaked out. I don't know what happened or why, but I, I do remember that I was thinking about the relationship that I was in and how I felt like the guy wasn't brave enough to continue um, the relationship with me. But I was just thinking about like being under the watchful eye of the world because he and I were different. Um, ethnically, we were different. And... Um, He wasn't brave enough to brave the world and hold his head up high. I could tell that the looks 
and scrutiny that we would be under as a couple would uh, bother him. I could tell already that he was weak. But anyway, I freaked out. I had to get off the train. I was nervous. I was shaking. I, I felt my stomach was nervous. I felt like just so jittery and shaky and I couldn't breathe. I was short of breath and um, I walked from one side of the platform to the other so I could get back to where I had parked my car and I was trembling and I was sweaty and I was scared because this is the first time anything like this had happened to me and I was able to get him to my car and I was able to drive home and um, a little bit I, I was when I made it into my apartment I was shattered um, I don't know why exactly I was shattered but um, I was shattered and I was crying and then my mom came over to my apartment um, to give me something or drop something off it was random but I was so grateful and in tears I asked her to come upstairs and pray with me and she did while I was in my um, dining room and she prayed with me and she told me um, second Timothy that God had not given us the spirit of fear but a spirit of peace love and a sound mind and it helped a little bit and she left but it gave me a slight amount of comfort and I could tell she was worried and I did not want to worry her so I pretended like you know I was fine like I was fixed and I was not and um so I allowed her to go on her way um so I, I reassured her that I was okay that she, so she could be okay with you know leaving and I do remember she had picked my sons up from school for me. I just was a mess. I wasn't able to do anything. And I realized that my life crisis was coupled with a panic attack. Um, the very first I had experienced in my life, I think I was like, I must have been 29 or something. I was approaching 30. So maybe this was, yeah, for sure it was 2010. And I called so many people that day. I talked to both of my sisters. And one of my sisters explained that she had had a panic attack before and that it was caused by um, being um, feeling claustrophobic. Her very first panic attack, she experienced being um, trapped in an elevator. And she described some of the same symptoms that I had been sharing. And um, it gave me a little comfort to, you know, speak to some family members and understand that they too had been through panic attacks. And people don't share or talk enough because it, it gave me such security to know that I was not losing my mind, that other people had experienced this, this fear of and had made it through it. The fact that they had made it through it gave me reassurance that I too can make it through it. And I was shattered for days. And as I was shattered, I was thinking and I was reevaluating my life. And I realized that uh, I was going through a life crisis. Um, it was so many things in my life was, and I came to the conclusion that, um, Life crises 
happened or occurred to different people at different times because you are not authentically living the life that you want or desire to be living or imagine that you would be living and everything seems wrong and it is your spirit and soul way of rebelling and getting your attention and it is crying out for change i often listen to people say they experience midlife crises and i realize it doesn't have to happen in midlife like um Maybe younger children experiencing them, but I know for sure teenagers experience it um, because they're trying to find out who they are. They're trying to figure out their their, their beliefs. They're trying to figure out, figure out um, their ambitions, um, their sexuality. They're trying to figure out everything in their teens, and you have their parents and the schools and television and friends trying to tell them who they are and they go through crises which is why you may see a lot of rebellion or quietness they're contemplating they're thinking um music tries to tell them social media tries to tell them and it's difficult for them and then when they, you turn 18 and you're graduating and you don't know if you want to go on to college. You don't know if college is for you. You don't know if you want a record job. Some people, some people, unfortunately, are forced out at 18. Like, oh, you're, you're an adult. You're grown. You have to get out. And that's not fair. They're 18. They're still children. And parents kick them out and say, just get out of off from under my roof. I did my job. No, no. At 18, I wasn't prepared for anything. And thank God. I was able to still live at home. I was an 18-year-old mom. So thank God I could still stay with my mom. Because I, I was not prepared totally to live on my own. And if they do, they're faced with responsibility of paying bills and holding on to jobs that they don't want early. And they're faced with unhappiness or maybe relationships that they don't want that's abusive or unhealthy in some way because they're forced out. And then at 21, the world really tells you you're an adult now. You're 21. You're responsible. You can sign contracts. You can take out loans. You can get credit in businesses. And even still, you're not ready. So again, another crisis at 25. You know, there's a shift from your thinking from 21 to 25. So you feel a little bit more in control. You're still trying to catch your feet. You're trying to plant your feet. You're trying to go through life a little bit more balanced. All the while, we're still trying to walk forward and process all the things in our life. Or maybe we're burying the things in our life, in our past, in our youth, in our childhood. We're burying them inside so that we can move forward in life. And then, it, for me, when I turned 30, it all exploded. Everything exploded, like my feelings of abandonment uh, from my dad, the uh, feeling of abandonment um, of my children's father, feeling like I was repeating the cycle and selecting people who wouldn't stay the same as uh, my dad, knowing that I saw and recognized uh, red flags in relationships. And yeah, I still continue forward with them because... Who knows why, but I continued forward and had children with a person who I could tell um, 
uh, wasn't necessarily for me in the long term wanting a person to pick me and choose me uh, be a family with me because we had had children together um, I was ex I remember at that time I was experiencing unemployment which is why I had or low employment which is why I was going downtown to apply for jobs anyway but um I remember feeling unbalanced that I had to secure some type of position to care for my sons um I remember feeling like I had a village and I had family but their dad wasn't there I was processing so many things and then I was only 30 at the time, but now I understand that other people experience this uh, midlife crisis and go and get those sport car, sports cars and get divorces and cut off their hair and are with different people because they're not being authentically them. They felt like they weren't living. They felt like they were dead. So they have to cut off the things that were no were or are no longer servicing them and unfortunately it may be a spouse it may be a job that they've had long term it maybe they've only complied to society requirement because it paid the bills but maybe strictly they won't want to be a painter or a musician or um a guru, um, a life expert. They wanted to be anything other than what they were. And their soul was crying out for them to live their authentic life. So life crises come at different times. And they like, well, they're spinning and splurging. They're selling the house. Well, it's not a slight against you, although people don't know it or understand it. It's not a slight against the people in their lives. It is a cry out for help from their inner self that's telling them live better live more live period that's it live travel do explore have experiences feel the sun enjoy life it's not a slight against their children and people should not abandon their children because it will perpetuate uh, a cycle of abandonment and hurt feelings even if you're changing Remain in your children's life. Speak to them. Talk to them about what you are experiencing because children are people too and need to understand. I think it's selfish when people just drop their children and just move forward like they didn't exist. Those children did not ask to be present. The people who we're supposed to be the most loyal to in our life are our children. We're supposed to put them first. I mean, sometimes relationships don't work. Maybe it's a lack of sex. Maybe it's a lack of fun. Maybe it's just so dry and stale. But people have life crises all the time at different ages. It could be because you, I don't know what triggers it or brings it on, but I know I've experienced life crises multiple times in life. I feel like uh, right now, currently, I'm on hold. I'm trying my damnedest to hold one back because I need to transition out of working with children. However, I have to provide. I don't have a financial, a big enough financial cushion as I would like to make the transition. So I got to work my ass off a little bit more and make 
better financial and investment decisions. And it's a delay, and it's not good, and it's not healthy. And I pray that it's not big. You know, not like the first one that I experienced in my thirties or borderline thirty. I remember I when I had my first one. Um, eventually, I called my dad. I had to talk to him, and I had to share with him the feelings that I had felt of abandonment. And he explained to me that he was just young, and he simply did not know. He simply did not understand. And as a parent, I get that. I understand. You're still growing. You're still changing. However, always keep in mind. That someone else's thoughts and feelings may matter more. And that's your children. Your life and your choices and your decision may impact them greatly. So always think, always talk, always communicate. Um, but I was listening to a TikToker explain how she was going through a midlife crisis. I guess she's in her 40s and... You know, that dissolution of marriage and all that. In order to get the life that we may have fantasized about. Or maybe we don't necessarily need the life we have fantasized about in our youth. But to get the life that we need or must have, we have to make changes. You have to change. You make for your soul. You change for your soul. Your soul is the essence of you. Your spirit, your heart and mind are connected. But if it doesn't make you happy, you got to slowly but surely drop things in the, into the bucket that will make you happy. They don't have to be major and all at once, but a slow drop. Listen to the music. Walking in the sun. It may be ice cream. If you're lactose intolerant, <laughs> I'm going to suggest you stay away from the ice cream, okay? <laughs> it may be um, all sorts of things. It may be a purchase of a new car, but can you afford the new car? Should you take on the responsibility of the new car? It may look good and feel good, but is it? what you need it may be temporarily nothing has to be permanent and nothing will be permanent in the end and in our life nothing will be permanent except the end just really passionate that everyone take care of them sometimes it's not always possible in the moment but take time for yourself Monthly, if not weekly, if not daily. Just something. A little bit of happiness and joy for you. A video game. But don't get stuck on giving all of your time to the video game. You know, learn limits and boundaries. Um... I exercise routine. Like I said, when I exercise, I only do a little bit, not a lot, nothing major, but something that makes me proud of me. And unfortunately, 
I think most people will experience um, life crises. Sometimes we can't even articulate what they are or what we feel at the time when we're going through what we were going through. I felt shaken. I felt turned all around. I felt like I needed to do deep contemplation so I could get to the root of what was happening to me so quickly, so deeply, so unexpectedly. I had to think about it. What was wrong? That's why I had to ask myself, why was it wrong for me? How can I fix it? I remember I prayed. I prayed a lot. It's like God had taken a moment to get my attention to sit me down. To say, hey, listen to your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, your emotions. Listen to you. And I kind of sort of got um, an awakening. And I do remember around that time I was really angry. Oftentimes, anger is the emotion that I am most comfortable with um, displaying. Because it doesn't show forms of vulnerability or weakness. It is powerful. It is protective. It, um, in a sense, is a shield from others to bother you, you know? And I was angry that I had been to school and worked my ass off, and it wasn't as easy for me to find employment as colleges and institutions and people in society tell you that you go to school for all these years and you'll get a degree. And I was stuck searching and I felt like the two degrees that I had, the they were like toilet paper. You could just wipe your ass and flush it down the fucking toilet. And I remember the um, being angry at the guy who had ended the relationship with me so abruptly. He didn't care about my feelings. He just didn't really communicate. He hid like a coward. And he just tossed me aside like, again, toilet paper flushed me down the toilet. I was pissed about that. I was pissed at my children's father. I was pissed that society just didn't seem to like black people. And I was a black person. And why? What have black people done? How can a whole world seem to be against black people? I was angry. I was pissed, but I was hurt. And I was scared. And I was thinking about so many things and still digging deeper and deeper. And as I, I dug, I dug into the Bible. I dug into videos. I just kept digging everywhere, trying to find the answer that my authentic self needed. And I did. I don't know exactly what the answers were to 
um, share and say that they fixed me, but I fixed myself. I thought I, I wrote and journaled and I got to the answer because I found what worked for me, what was best for me. Um, napping helped because I was overtired. I was over exhausted. I didn't like to, um, like I needed my entire house to be clean every night from top to bottom um, before I could rest. I was exhausted myself. I had saw a doctor around that time too. And she says, sometimes it's okay to leave a little things for the next day. Sometimes you can wait until the morning. Sometimes everything does not have to be done right then. Sometimes you just simply need to take a mental break. I found that comedy helped. Watching a lot of comedians really helped because the laughter uh, produced like um, endorphins or dopamine. I started watching a lot of comedians, Cat Williams, um, Earthquake, Martin, um, so many <laughs> funny movies. Sometimes it was crying helped me feel a little bit better talking. I had friends at that time and talking helped me to feel a little bit better. Um, I try not to shut my sons out, but I try to um, shield them from the emotional mess that I felt like I was at the time. I tried to be open and honest. And I remember on that same day, my sons had gotten into trouble <laughs> in school. They got into a fight on the yard. Um, with some boys and one of them called the girl the bitch and the teacher called me and said that my son said call a girl the bitch and they told me that some people had tried to comfort them and they stood back to back like I had talked them to and they had they fist out and they were ready and they were snuggling <laughs> around to whoop everybody ass around because of how dare you and one of them girls had called them a bitch first initially and I'm like oh well, if they can call you names, then I guess you can call them back names. You're not going to be um, the villain in this story. They had not told the teacher all of the details, but they had been in trouble. So sometimes life, um, I spoke to them about that. I really um, do not teach my sons disrespect. They are very um, respectful, mannerable young men. I like to think I did a great job in parenting them. Um, but I I remember that was a part of the reason, one of the reasons that I had felt off balance that particular day. And I remember um, just being grateful that I didn't have to work. So... I can slowly peel back and look into the layers of me that needed to, that was crying out for attention and crying out for acknowledgement and crying out for maybe even a little apology from me, crying out for forgiveness from me. Um, Asking me to let go of feeling like a lot of things that had happened to me 
what's my fault and my responsibility because I am not responsible for other people's actions and other people's choices. I'm only responsible for me. So people who chose to abandon or neglect me, I wasn't responsible for the way that they acted. Everybody has to find their own recipe to healing with dealing with life crises. And we all have to get through them the best way that we can. I pray that no one turns to um, abuse of narcotics or alcohol or gambling and or anything unhealthy when trying to go through that life crisis. The first thing is to sit quietly. To ask your inner self what's happening, what's going on. Why is it going on? And then, how can we slowly but surely fix it? What will help you right now in this moment? What will help you in this hour, in this day, in this week, in this month, in this year? And the most important thing is to breathe. Simply breathe. You will get through it. You're strong enough for it. If you survive all the other things that you survived previously, you can survive this. This too shall pass. All things are possible with Christ who strengthens you. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, peace, and of a sound mind. And remember that a lot of things and um, phrases that started to resonate with me deeply, like, I remember being so grateful that I woke up in a sound mind. I knew who I was. I knew who God was. I remember just being so glad that I was there. So glad for my son. So glad for myself. Life crises are not permanent. At least they don't have to be. Again, this is a perfectly perfect tweet. With an opinion on all things and an expert on nothing. Until next time.